Um, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. Blake, what are you doing? <laughs> you need to pony up on that mic. You don't tell me what I need to do, son. Tell them what you're hey, doing. Are you sure you want to follow Ted Nugent? Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Chad's been talking so much about Ted Nugent. I know who he is, but I didn't follow him on Instagram or nothing. I thought, well, I'll go. I just want to go see what he's what he's been up to. He's looking, he's he's looking like he's put on a few years. The dude's like in his mid seventies, man. Is he? Yeah. Well, anyways, I can't find him on there, and I thought maybe he don't have one. So I asked Chad today, and you have to plug in his name exactly if you want to follow him. And I, so I pull him up and click follow, and Instagram heads me off at the pass and says, are, are you sure that you want to follow Ted Nugent? Because he has repeatedly reported false information against our community guidelines. And, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm shadow banned on Instagram, too. Are you? Oh, yeah. Does it say that when people follow you? People, well, I don't know if it say, I don't know if it gives them that warning or not, but people have sent me <clears throat> messages that's trying to find me on Instagram, and they can't find me. Um... This 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 crap is just it's just slam ridiculous, man. It is just let me tell you one of the things that I liked most about what Ted talked about. This is something that I have been considering for quite some time and actually I write about it in my book uh that I am working on slowly. Um <clears throat> hey, it's tough. Um, what Ted said God. that really, he just nailed it. He talked about these federal bureaucracies like the ATF, like the FBI, um, and most especially these law enforcement bureaucracies that are under the umbrella of the federal government. I don't know if y'all have thought about it this way, but we, the people of Georgia, should not recognize any authority of a federally run uh, whatever, law, especially law enforcement agency. We should not recognize any authority of the FBI, of the ATF, any of the, there's there's freaking uh, probably a dozen of them. If you the NSA, the IRS, the IR, you, you look, man. This is the this is like the what has to happen when we talk about law and order. That should be in the hands of your local community law enforcement, right? Your sheriff, your local police department. And if it's got to go above that, it should not ever be any bigger than the state. So here in Georgia, we have the GBI. I live in Georgia. I am a citizen of Georgia. I'm fine with the existence of the GBI because I understand how that can work within the confines of law enforcement in my state. All right. I think it's actually probably necessary. But any federal bureaucracy should be just completely freaking shut down. They have no legitimate authority. The, it, all they are, it's the, it, all, all the FBI is and the ATF, they are just the puppets to wield the power of the federal government against the people of the states. That's all they are. It, it, it's astounding, man. And Ted really articulated that very well. Um, and he went as far as to say, he went as far as to call out every FBI agent, every ATF agent, every NSA agent, every IRS agent, to call them out and say, hey, how do you sleep at night? How how do you go home go go back to your your town and look your fellow Americans in the eye 
Because which all you all you are you're just a pawn of the federal government to execute whatever their agenda is against the people of the United States. Screw them, man. Like, how do you reconcile with that? You know? Yeah. What what do you think about that, Chili? Well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about it. Uh but when you said that, like How arbitrary is the ATF? Well, alcohol, tobacco, tobacco firearms. and f- you telling me you need a a, a multi million, if not billion dollar bu- bureaucracy to enforce rules around al- alcohol, tobacco, tobacco. <laughs> well, it's, it's let all- me let me tell you, every if I want to go out and get some alcohol. If I want to go out and buy me some tobacco, or if I want to go out and buy me a firearm, guess what? You ain't got jack squat to say about it, son. Screw you. Well, I think a lot of that may have came, especially the alcohol, maybe from like early on with the prohibition and stuff where they want to start regulating it on a big scale. And the same, I think it's all things that they want to regulate and have control over getting the tax income off of it. Yeah. Like I said, it's just a hand that wields yeah. the power of the federal government. This is such a complex topic, and and you've just burst onto the scene with many claims that that because I'm so anti-regulation, anti-federal government, uh, as as you couldn't be more truly. But some of the things you've said, like you know. The, the 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 best form of government or the best way for government to move is to be smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and more local. You know, like the, the biggest government with the broadest scope that you could conceive of is a global government, uh, like a one world global government. And that's what we're headed towards. Well, right now we have huge nations like, you know, I mean, Russia is gigantic and 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 India, and China, and the U.S., and Brazil, and, and that's, you know, it, it's very nationalistic, and then, and, and, and it's still broad, like, because, honestly, we have local governments, and state governments, but they have no power. Exactly, the, fe- the a federal bureaucracy can come right. in and usurp their power at any time. Right, and, but I will say, part of the reason that is, is like, you know, we can move freely within states, like, it's not like you need a passport to go from Georgia to Tennessee, you, right? Like there's 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 um, countries way smaller than Georgia and Tennessee, in you know South America and other countries, uh, other continents that you can. It's like it's a big deal. It's like going from here to Mexico. Um, and part of the reason that that gets muddled is because of that, like disputes between states like who is the intermediary between them if there if there ever is that would well, be a federal government like i'm not making an argument for more regulation or anything but i'm just saying that would be like what it's so it's no, so complicated i, that, but, I mean that, i can't even i i get what you're saying and, but and i'm because i'm not making some kind of le- legitimately pro- legitimately though it's on the states to make alliances with one another and if you're butted up to a state like California and yeah. a bunch of trash is coming out of California, guess what you can do as a state? Say, no, we are you're not freaking coming you're not trashing our state. Screw well, you. To be honest with you, to 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 just go ahead and get to the point, which maybe this isn't the point you're trying to make, but it's kind of the point I'm trying to make, is you know, when people started talking about states seceding in 1860s well a civil war broke out you know so to throw that around lightly is i mean it's a big statement it's a big thing to say but like i would it fix the overall issue no because you know where we where if if we split up again and 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 had another war and and everything else you know 100 years later we'd be back to where we are now oh yeah so, we, so, we've 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 drawn that conclusion so, all we can do is buy time so i'm not saying that this is like some ultimate fix uh, i'm not making any claims here um certainly not that 
because it ain't an ultimate fix. But I don't know why states like Georgia and Tennessee and Florida, well, and the California and Oregon and Washingtons of the world on the complete in other end of the spectrum don't want to secede, don't want to be separated. Like, I don't get it. I really don't get why that's never discussed. Like, I'm not, I'm not quite, I haven't figured out what keeps that from being discussed. I guess it's kind of hard to avoid a civil war if that starts happening. So that that's one reason. But like, I don't know. Basically, the point of what all you're saying and what Ted was saying is like, we need to get under the thumb of the federal, get out from under the thumb of the federal government. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the way to avoid a civil war is if, if we do... If states do decide to become sovereign entities, aside from, you know, the the uh, out from under the umbrella of the federal government, we can still be united and govern ourselves as states, right? The way to avoid a civil war is if if none of y'all Americans side with the federal government. If states start seceding, and, and every uh, the what's the federal government gonna do if none if nobody sides with them? That that's that's the ultimately, and they're running themselves so far into the freaking ground. Maybe that would be the case. Well, I mean, some portion of the population is going to side with them, but I mean, you know, well, the whole freaking thing just needs to be disbanded. Some portion of the the population sides with them is not a big deal. The percentage of the military that that sides with them is a bigger deal. I, I'm so out of my depth talking about the the military aspect of this, so I would ask you i need to think of a specific question to ask you but i don't know like what would it look like if states started seceding like what happens with the 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 military as a whole well the 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 military as it is right now is not the way it's supposed to be like right the military as it is right now think of back um think of Let's talk about the Civil War because the Civil War was the beginning of the end for us as sovereign states. Uh, now, the Civil War was fought over an issue. Oh, the 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 major issue. Yeah, the main one was slavery. Uh, at least that's what history tells us. Now, slavery is dead wrong biblically, uh, um, morally, uh, on all aspects. So the, those states that were allowing slavery, yes, they needed to fix themselves. You know what could have fixed it? All the states around that state that allowed slavery could have just cut that state off and said, you know what, if you're going to allow slavery, we're not going to do business with you. Um, that would have fixed it. They would have changed their freaking laws within their state on their own. So we, we, can, we can, you know, do that amongst ourselves. But through through alliances, we have to have alliances with one another from state to state. Now, you asked specifically what, I guess, what portion of the military do I think would side with the federal government? Say if Georgia and Florida decided to secede. Well, I didn't ask that. I'd ask, like, how does it happen? When states start seceding, then what do people, I mean, you were in the Navy from Georgia. And like the, the 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 union starts freaking splitting up again. Like, what do you do? The U.S. military is not allowed to operate on U.S. soil. That they they would have to react using uh, national guard troops. Um, but what's to stop them? I mean, what if right? They said, that's what I mean. Yeah. What's what's yeah. to stop them? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I would hope what would happen if they decided to go against that that rule that U.S. military cannot operate on U.S. soil, if they decided to buck that rule and just send U.S. forces into a state in order to, um, yeah, I guess, keep the state from seceding, I would hope that such a small portion of U.S. military, I would hope that the pilots that fly the F-15s and the A-10s and and provide all I, I would hope they would say no we're not dropping bombs on 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 the citizens yeah. of georgia no screw you well they'd come right? drop bombs on the military that was responding on soil yeah i mean it, you know i would hope that would be the case um people are r rapidly losing faith in the federal government like there is no trust 
whatsoever. And between us as citizens and the federal government, I don't trust a single thing any of them say. Well, when you say them, you, you mean like the... Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, anybody in that whole freaking Political mashed world. up bull crap. I don't trust anything they say. Oh, even if it even if it kind of makes sense, still don't trust it. Well, you know what the the federal government, you know really they're the only job that I can comprehend them actually doing is um would deal with foreign policy. That's how what I was how the say. U, how the United States interacted with other nations. That's really the only purpose, and, and even then, it's not the federal. It's there. It's not the federal government. It's just representatives of states, which is kind of how it is now. But it's become this big thing that is just this one thing. Even then, it's it's each individual state would be would have input at, at, in terms of foreign policy. That's the only thing they they don't need to do any. Why they don't need to do anything here? Every state can run itself. But like we've talked about, I mean, I'm once again, I'm just having to figure, I don't know how this would work out in my own mind. Like, I, I want less federal government. I want it to decrease in size and scope as much as anybody. But I don't know how that looks in terms of a foreign policy, uh, in terms of in terms of military hegemony like i don't I, what does it look like if we don't have like a federal military if there's just state run there's 50 different state run militaries and they start forming alliances like you say yep. well that, would look that's gonna end up turning back into this it would look exactly like it looked when we fought the civil war so in the civil but, war but aren't you susceptible to uh foreign nations at that point if you if you're a crappy state and you don't have any alliances with any other states, then yeah, yeah I mean, then yeah, you are. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 we'll take California for instance. You know, if uh, if if China came and invaded California and we <laughs> and we are operating the way it used to be, right? So in the Civil War, men fought for their state. Yeah, you can go to any Civil War memorial out there and 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 it talks about as it goes through who participated in the battle it's not the they they're not identified as confederate or they're confederate or union troops but specifically the state the regiment from the state that those men came from so each state had their own military each state had their own militia that's another thing why the crap don't we have militias anymore yeah, good question it is our right as Americans, to maintain a well-regulated militia. Why do we not have a militia in every freaking community across this nation? You want to talk about protecting ourselves from an external threat? Um, yes, I'm considering this. Uh, but yeah, say China invades California. Well... Let's say China doesn't have any good alliances with any other states, but even in absence of that alliance, another state could step in and push that foreign force out just to keep them from gaining a foothold in the continent, right? Uh, it's just so complex. Yeah. I mean, it, it really national defense is the biggest hang-up with like dissolving the federal government. And you know what, man? We fight all these foreign wars... For what? I mean, I, now, now there are foreign wars that have been fought that needed to be fought. I just watched a documentary on the Holocaust. It's on Netflix. And let me tell you, you better stand by when you watch this documentary, son, because it is, it is raw and it is horrific. And they're interviewing these, these Jews that were hauled to Auschwitz and... Every single one of them says, you know, the government didn't do this all at once. 
just a little here oh, and a little there. It's the same playbook we're and using they, now. And they told us we were going here and there. And they didn't do this all. Before we knew it, we couldn't fight back. We couldn't help ourselves, and there was nobody to help us. And if that doesn't scare the ever-living crap out of you, this is recent history. Did you know that Hitler was obsessed with public health, too? That's, yeah. That's actually how they ushered it in it began with public health they would fumigate all this crap and and send public health officials bureaucrats around to clean stuff up and kill rats with zyklon gas that they ended up using in the gas chambers to kill the the jews and the other undesirables by the way and they the public health crisis turned into saying that some people were clean and some were unclean Interesting, but but I don't want to miss this. I have to say this because you said that war was needing to be fought. Well, why are we not freaking invading China with everything we got right now to stop the mass scale genocide that's going on there? That's 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 what I have a hard time with. Is like why not? Why not? Is it because China's helping? I know government achieved the agenda they want to achieve here on their own. Like, listen, man, China is killing uh, Uyghur Muslims and Christians. It's, you know, and, and a ton of other people. But those are the two dominant, like, like in mass. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many. I don't think anybody knows how many, but it's probably, it's millions. I mean, that, that's, you know. So there, the, the, and therein lies and the I'm not, point and of, I'm not saying we well, but, should go attack them well that therein therein lies the the point of of the federal government made up of representative of states and then when you have issues like this come up around the world the representatives from Georgia can say well you know what yes we we have taken a, a vote and we will commit our forces to go and fight this war against China overseas. And so maybe not every state will commit their forces. You know, who I knows? Mean, it's just an example. You got you know? to, that's a case by case basis. Yeah, you're exactly right. And you know what else we could do to freaking China? We could completely shut them off. We could well, completely. It, we're it, too it, dependent on them now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This whole situation is, beca- is because it's all, it's all been happening over time, man. Yep. It's just, it's just crazy, man. But um. Anyways, Blake, you had something you want to talk about, didn't you? Um, I mean, if y'all want to talk about it, we can. I'm yeah. Good. I mean, I've just been thinking about how the problems that that we deal with day to day are the top priority of of what you would consider a problem, right? So once one thing's solved, you move to the next priority and problem. So. The things that we worry about specifically here in America and even in our day-to-day lives are usually, we, we attack them as if they were a huge deal, like we don't have food or we don't have a place to live or basic necessities. We attack those problems in that way when really they're not as big of a problem and shouldn't cause you as much stress as they do because you don't have the more essential problem. So an example would be, that when we were in Costa Rica, they were talking about how people don't get offended about what you call them. If uh, the guy said, if, if you're a fat lady over there, then you call her a gordita. And she don't care. She, she understands. She's not offended. And and I was telling Caitlin this, and she was like, why do you think they don't get offended? And it could be a, a you know various reasons. I don't know. But to me, I think that they are just living life day to day. They're They're waking up. They're working and providing for their family, and those are just the essential needs and problems they have in their life. So they don't have time to worry about what pronoun am I going to be called or what uh, I'm. I'm upset because this person has now called me fad, and and so I don't know. That's just what I thought about it, and it just made me think that to really consider the problems that you're attacking day to day are they they're worth considering everything. I'm not saying that you shouldn't worry about smaller problems, but if that's your biggest problem, I feel like you should be grateful that that is your problem and not really see it as a problem, but just an opportunity to make life better for you and your family or 
friends or whoever it involves, right? Like you should be thankful for just not even calling the problem. A problem to me would be like you don't have food. That's a serious problem that you have got to worry about, and you don't care if you're you don't care about any of this other bull crap. If Ted Nugent says uh, if he, if he goes off the wire and offends someone on Instagram and they shadow ban him, you don't give a crap if you don't have a meal on the table. So yeah, I, I don't know. I've just been considering that and and looking at the things that I will either you know worry about or or try to fix or whatever, and and how much effort am I putting into that? Is it worth the effort? And then just to look at it in a different perspective. Did you have to do this as because of uh, when you when you realized what you're about to have to pay in taxes? Did you have to do this to per, shift yeah. your perspective on your taxes? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, no, I've actually been reading about this in Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. I'm reading it for the second time. Uh, he goes in-depth to exactly what you're saying, Blake, how when they were in, in the concentration camp, uh, their issues, like, were staying alive. Yeah. Like, not... Um, they can't not be. He, yeah, he, he talked about how, like, um, like, sexual desires and interactions and all this stuff that usually would would drive people to do whatever they're doing uh, and just be this overwhelming force, right? That all went away in the mm -hmm. concentration camp. Um, when you are living that existence or even n nowhere near on the same scale, but if you're living in a more third world country where your basic needs are not guaranteed and you have to face those every day, it forces you to perceive reality for what it actually is, mm -hmm. real life, okay? What it, what's going on right now is your perception of reality is under direct attack. So that's what the whole, um, you talk about the pronouns. So we talk about sexual perversion, any type of sexual perversion, the main, the main problem with sexual perversion, whether it's homosexuality, identifying as a man, being a transvestite, there's actually new words for weird sexual orientations now that they've just created because they're, they're not, they don't exist in reality, right? So they had to create new words to describe well, now this, it exists. this thing that, does, that is not possible. Mm -hmm. The main problem... If you're a homosexual, guess what? That's not a big deal to me because the repercussions of your lifestyle are felt by you and not by me. So the repercussions of your sexual perversion is not projected upon society. The main issue with this crap, man, is they are changing your perception of reality. If if I if you can get me to say that a man can be a woman if just because they want to if you can get me to say that that's legitimate if you can get me to legitimize that that literally means that I am living and partaking in a reality a, a alternate reality, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's what it means. If you can get me to say that two females can produce a child, this is the way homosexual couples talk about having children. They they talk about it in the context of they have that, that they talk about it in a way like they have the same option as a heterosexual couple. That <laughs> uh, they're just like, yeah, we're we're trying we're thinking about having kids and yeah. and this and that. And I'm like. Hold on. Hold on. What? <clears throat> like, no. Please speak within the confines of the reality that we live in. So how about you say, hey, I am thinking about going and having a medical procedure done so that I can be artificially inseminated and have a child. How about you s talk about things in the context of reality? That does not have the DNA of my spouse. Well, that, that, that's that, right. Well, that's offensive, Chad. That, that's right. So, so what? I mean, that's the argument. 
what is happening? If you can get me to say that a man is a woman, if you can get me to legitimize a homosexual relationship, then what else can you get me well, to legitimize? Well, you're not only supposed to say that a man can be a woman. You're supposed to say that once that happens, that they've always been a woman. Yeah. Like, that That was a big thing with uh, the Caitlyn Jenner. You know, Bruce Jenner was a freaking amazing athlete. The decathlon gold medal in the Olympics. If you say he won the Olympics, you're considered a, you know, a, a insensitive bigot. Bigot, yeah. Um, I mean, even if he's thinks he's a woman now, you know, that's fine if he thinks that. I mean, it's not fine, but you know, but he he wasn't then. I mean, like, but you have to go back in time. And and literally say that no that a female won the Olympic men's decathlon gold medal. That's that's is and another level of perverting reality. And that's why I think it's a little. It, we're getting off track of what Blake said. No, I'm going to tie it all back in here in just a minute. <laughs> but that's what I was going to say. Is like you can't. We're being. It's an agenda that we're being assaulted with. That's kind of what makes it different. And it's genius. It's genius. You think the issue is sexual perversion? No, the issue is not sexual perversion. The people who are pushing this agenda from the top could care less about people's sexual orientation. It's a tool. They see it as a wonderful way to get the entire society to participate in an alternate reality. Literally, people ask me all the time, why are you so stuck on this topic of sexual perversion? It, uh-huh. it, it is because of this. This is the reason. It's because you are asking me. No, you are telling me to legitimize something that is biologically impossible. Don't ask me to do that. I refuse to do that. Well, people... I ask why um, there seems to be a common thread before every great nation falls that they get obsessed with gender and gender roles and sexuality. And the why is very easy because once that reality, that those facts begin to be questioned in people's minds that they crumble, everything can crumble. You, you question, I'm not saying it's like bad to question things. I'm not saying like, if you're presented with a fact or a statement or something to question it, I think you should be highly skeptical of everything. But like, no, I'm talking about like not trusting the fabric of, of reality that holds your society together. I'm talking about that kind of questioning. Like, you know, it's, it, it makes you do everything. It makes you question everything to the point that you can no longer function. Like if you, if all that starts to fade and crumble, you can't function you That's literally right. cannot function. You can't go to the gym and work out. Like, you're so obsessed with whether someone's... I mean, it's insane. Well, that's that, why it happens. That's why the Bible is so important because if you don't have something that is a beacon or that is absolute truth, then who's to say that their reality, even though it doesn't make sense, who's to say their perception and reality is different is right or wrong compared to ours? Because, I mean, yeah, you can say, well, they can't reproduce and, and yeah, this and bio, that. Bio, the laws of nature yeah. dictate a, a... The laws of nature dictate reality to a certain point. Well, oh, yeah. and, but, and where do the laws of nature come from? And, and, the designer. Exactly. But in, in, even if you present a different case, if you were just without using an, even an example, if you say your perception, which is your reality is right and mine is wrong. If you don't have something to bounce it off of, you can't say yours is right or mine is wrong. You know what I mean? Well, and kinda... that's why the Bible is so important in this to have some kind of truth that is just absolute. And and you say, well, it's... I mean, you can, like you said, with the laws of nature and some things are just common sense that the average sum of people would say, uh, yeah... That no, well, no that's starting that, to crumble. They, they wouldn't say it. They, it, it would just be a fact. Yeah. Like it, this is no, this is impossible. Well, but those and, are the very things that are crumbling. And that's that's where sexual sexual perversion is one of those things, right? Yeah. Now, now other things like say say drunkenness, say 
um, you know, other moral issues, right? That destroy culture, drug use, yeah. Or there, whatever. There, there can be some gray, in, and even you could go deeper on 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 something such as a big thing right now is pedophilia, mm-hmm. right? Adults oh, yeah. having sexual relations with children by the laws of nature that is possible. Yeah. Oh, right. That that's pot. So that that's separate from saying a man is a woman. Yeah. All right. So pedophilia is something where it's nice to have that standard, such as the Bible. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Well, I didn't know where you were going. Pedophilia is about to be. Uh, you are about to be demanded to say that that's okay. I know. That's a. I mean, I don't know that, but <laughs> you, you buckle up. You're about to be freaking demanded that that's that is okay. That is good. That's you know. And I mean, once that starts happening, if that don't make us crumble, I hope I hope it does. Because I hope it, it does too. Because that ought to. I mean, we're way past needing to face the consequences for all this. But Lord, if if that starts happening, we <laughs> you gonna bust out that red hawk? Yeah. I mean, holy crap, man! But um, the uh, yeah, that 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 gets me freaking. I mean the the whole deal of homosexuality is kind of its own thing, right? It, as opposed to other problems that we face, it, it's different. Well, yeah, and I prefer to call it sexual perversion. Yeah. So sexual by perversion. by sexual meaning what sex you are, how you how you there's only one way for human beings to have. Sex, as the word is defined, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about uh, all of this sexual perversion is it doesn't make sense from a purely naturalistic standpoint. Like if you're just a, a an, an evolutionist, uh, you know, naturalist who believes that not, nothing matters and, and everything, um, it's just all about reprodu- reproducing and, and, you know, that. If you li- if if sexual perversion takes over this society, humans don't even exist. Well, they, I mean, it doesn't make sense from a purely naturalistic standpoint. It's insane. Yeah, they rely I on mean, the people who aren't sexually perverted to continue human race. No, just but like, we're trying to make everybody. Well, it's just that like way. you rely on the vaccinated people not to spread the coronavirus, Chili. <laughs> Same logic. Yeah. Same I mean, logic. <laughs> like no, they're trying to turn everybody to accept that. And if everybody does accept that and start living that lifestyle, we don't exist for, anymore. It doesn't make sense. No, You can't even make it make sense in your mind if you turn in, like if you put yourself in that alternate reality, it still doesn't make sense. It doesn't hold up. Oh, well, in alternate <laughs> reality, anything could happen. People could be spring up out of this ground out here, yeah. son. <laughs> I can identify as a dog. I. Yeah, I can have puppies. So you can identify as someone who can never die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I okay. can do anything. So yeah. we so we can live forever. Then totally. it don't matter in if the, we don't. in the alternate reality. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that that now a large part of America are living in a large part of the Christian Church is living in this yeah. alternate reality. Um. Holy crud, dude. Yeah. And so how does this tie back in to what Blake said? When you are concerned about your day-to-day, your real needs, all right? When those aren't guaranteed, when you have to work for those things, when you have to plan for those things, um, you are forced to live in the actual reality. Well, because we have so many people that are now living in an alternate reality, that that that's that's why we spend so much time fussing and arguing about all of these aspects of an alternate reality, and we can't g- draw any conclusions on any of them because there is no definitive truth behind any of them. There is no truth in the alternate reality. Well, no, and and you take it away, and you either they will eat, someone who is in an alternate reality would either die or they would come out of it into re- real reality. It, it, it's one of the two would happen. They would stay yeah. in it and they would die. Or they would come out of it and say, "Oh, I've got to figure this out." <laughs> so and, wouldn't that be a glorious thing? Well, and but you you know it makes me think about how Jesus says He will provide your needs, right? Because even when you get into the point where your needs aren't provided, I mean, y'all might argue with me, but I would say that even at that point, 
your relationship with Jesus, religion, whatever you want to say, I think it even falls by the wayside. It shouldn't because that's where your needs are met. But I think that's why Jesus promises that because once that's met, then you can start to work up from there, right? So it kind of puts a new perspective for me on like what is your what are your needs that are required for you to be met or required to be met for you so that you can focus on the next most important problem, right? I don't know. I I just it was it's interesting. You really need to read that book like Man's Search for Meaning cuz it's gonna it he really are this guy was a um I think he was a psychologist or a psychiatrist. He's a doctor in a concentration camp. So he's analyzing what's happening yeah. to people when their needs aren't met and they're literally dying. And he said, you would not believe how strong people's faith in God was in mm-hmm. the concentration camp. He said a lot of times it would really catch new arrivals off guard when they would arrive at the concentration camp, and at night in their bunkhouse, they would be holding a, a church meeting, mm-hmm. a service, praising Jesus, singing, maybe not Jesus, they were Jews, but probably praising God, singing. And so that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. You, we have a, a case study yeah. on, on, how, on how your daily needs not being met, what that does does it increase or decrease yeah. what you put into your relationship with your creator? Yeah. That's a good case study. Yeah, and you don't, I mean, I guess at that point, you don't have no other option. Yeah. And, and you know, we talk a lot, of too, about banding together and why is nobody doing this? Why is nobody forming this? Why are we not uniting against these causes and these things that are going on? It's because all of our needs are being met. You take all those needs away. Oh yeah, and you see the state start because people see that there's a problem, but it's not a problem to not them a, yet. Yeah, well, and, and when you take that away, then people will say, "Oh crap, it's time to act." Now, I wish we would have acted back then, but we can't. There you go. And and it they people will not band together right now because as bad as we say things are, and they are. They are not perceived to be as bad as they are because you're still going to work every day. You're still going to the gym every day. You're still going and getting your uh, sandwich and your coffee, and life is still good in your world. But we, but you see the storm coming, the clouds, everything is coming your way. But it's just not here yet, and so it's like, why am I going to put on my raincoat when it ain't raining here yet? And that's why nobody is banned. It, it, you can rack your brain saying. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? But nobody is going to be all in until it's all gone. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a story real quick. I had one time a uh, a building that was infested with termites, and when I when I saw that the building was infested with termites, I I pulled the the inside boards off, and I could see all the framing in the building and it was just like sawdust man it was like oh man like this thing needed to be torn down right so at that point i had two options the thing was still standing somehow i had two options i could either go ahead rent the equipment plan a day have everything everybody out of the way have a safe environment, and I could go ahead and tear this thing down systematically, right? I could have a way to dispose of the trash as as it came down, and I could do the job right once I saw that it was just eaten with termites, Mm -hmm. right? My other option was to go buy some old particle board from the Home Depot and just tack it up on the inside walls so that I couldn't see the framing that was disintegrating into sawdust. Now, that's what I actually did. I went and got these boards. That's what we're doing in America right now. Yeah, We're tacking up this freaking particle board uh, around this, this structure that is completely rotten and infested with termites. Instead of systematically tearing it down safely and then rebuilding a new structure... 
that is sound. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when I put up all that particle board, I could look around and say, well, you know, you can't even tell there's termites in here. <laughs> you can't even. But guess what? Guess what would have eventually happened? Eventually, and this didn't happen, but eventually what would have happened is I would have been out potentially in that shop one day, and maybe a few of my buddies would have been with me, and we'd have been out there working on something, and a stiff wind would have came, and it would have collapsed that building on top of us. Mm -hmm. And some of us would have died, and some of us would have been injured. And the ones that were left were, had a real big job yeah. ahead of them to clean that thing up because we didn't do it the right way. Yeah. When we saw it was rotten, we didn't just go ahead and tear it down and do it the right way and rebuild something at, a, at our own pace, by the way. Mm -hmm. Right? And so because we chose to tack up this particle board and the stiff wind blew it down and killed some of us, hurt some of us, the rest of us left, had to clean up this freaking massive dang mess Right? With less people. With less people. With no time to plan. Not on our timeline. It was an emergency at that point. That is what this is. That is the, the, the description of, of what's happening right now. Yeah, and, and if you would have decided to take it down on your own time, it would have made life in that moment or in that time period harder than it was to not do it in that time. Like you would have had to say, well... Crap, now I'm not going to go hunt. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not going to go out to the gym. For this amount of time, I'm just going to have to work on this barn, and life is just going to really suck because I don't like doing this. But in the end, it's going to be better. Yeah. And so that's why nobody's doing <laughs> anything now because their life is still pretty good. Mm -hmm. And and they don't want to set those things aside in order to look at what is the actual problem and work on it. That's it, brother. That's it. I agree 100%. What do you think, Chili Wing? I don't know. I've just been thinking about the book you you say you're reading, and uh, what's it called? Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. It's interesting. You know, if you want to know what an atheist really thinks, put them in hell on earth. It'll come out. That's what I think. Yeah. Like, you experience a little bit of hell on earth. You know, you talked about the people's faith growing stronger in the concentration camps. Hard to deny when you're living through hell on earth. I mean, you know, if you literally go through your life saying that nothing matters, which we've talked about it, the apathy that can set in and, you know, it, it, you can't even operate like that. Like, if you continue to live... If you continue to live and continue to, even if you're just going through the motions, continue to do things, you are displaying the fact that you think there is something meaningful to do. That's, I, I don't know. It, it, it just seems like, and then when things are stripped down to the, to the, to basically hell, you, you, you see like, I think it is natural to think that that would make you lose your faith, but. I think it it can make you realize that no that 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 is all that matters. Yeah, it's it's a strange thing that people. I mean, I don't even like the word anymore to say like, "What is your testimony?" Because all you're asking is really, when did you see your need for Jesus or or for some higher help? And you only see all that all the time. You, but, I mean, really, it, you could live in America in one of these alternate realities, and you could really, if you're not looking, you could see, like, hey, I'm, I'm working, um, I'm, I'm supporting my family. It, I don't really see my need for a creator right now. If, if you're just stuck in your own little world and you're not looking at everything and how much, you know, what well, you humanity is like. you wouldn't exist one, so there's that. But, but to, to not think deeply about it, you could get through life in America and with nothing bad, and, and you could see that, oh, well, this, I got better because I did this. I'm doing, I, I have this uh, all in your own power until something comes along and wrecks you, and you say, well, I, I have literally no control over this situation. And at that point, at your lowest point, you would think, 
well, how could how could God let this happen to me? I'm just doing away with it, with faith altogether. But that would be logical. But what mo- seems to happen most of the time is you think, gosh, that's my only hope. That's my only choice. Yeah. I can't do anything. I have to give this a try because this is all I have left. Yep. And when you get to that point, that's when you meet Jesus. And if you don't get to that point, I mean, you can understand and say, well, I think that's probably the best option that I that I go follow Jesus. I'm going to give that a shot. But I feel like until you have something in your life that you really see that I, I have no control over this and this is my only option, that's when you meet Jesus. Well, for some of us, for some of us, we have to get to that point. Yeah. For, for many of us, for many of you guys that are much more, uh, I, I, I don't know if you, intelligence isn't the right word, but maybe some of you guys that are less hard-headed, uh, uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to get to that point. I mean, I look at Chile. Chile has a powerful faith, knowledge of Jesus. He is mm-hmm. a son of God. He has, that I know of, I don't know that he's gotten to that point in his life where he said, I got nothing left, man. I think he did just recently with your, I mean, I, the scale of it can be different, right? Yeah. It might not be significant, but with your racing, like the stuff that you told me and, and you realize, I mean, I, I'm yeah, not saying true. that that's not, I'm not saying that that's when you met Jesus and got saved. I'm saying that's maybe what I'm getting at is that's when you seek Jesus the most and you have, you have the most understanding of what he is capable of. And those kind of things add to your faith in Jesus because mm-hmm. I mean you were saved before that but when that happened I mean you told me that you had gotten you know you had not been racing for the right reasons and mm-hmm. you had some I mean you had essentially been doing that all in your own power right yeah and you know I don't know what you made of it or whatever but what it sounded like to me was that that situation showed you that you were on the wrong path and that this in this situation, now you're you're forced to turn and reassess why you're doing things, right? You know, maybe it's not necessarily your need for them, but to continue on and go forward, it made you reassess why you're doing the things you're doing. Well, I think to say the need, for, like, I need to be recognized or reminded that I need a Savior all the time. I mean, like, it, salvation is an interesting thing to me, and I've been thinking about it so much. I mean, like, hours straining (laughs) like it it, almost like well you need to quit thinking about it for a second but i can't because it's so important to me and i think it's so it it has so much weight i I don't i don't like to say you understand it i don't i mean it's literally something that does not happen i'm i shouldn't make this statement i'm not sure it's like it's not something that happens once like you're saved once. It's yeah. like you have to be saved every single day in a way. Like it, you have to recognize that need continually. Like if you recognize it once and then then you start thinking you that it's not true, like, you know, that you don't, oh, I don't, you, or, or even if you don't think it, you just operate as if, oh, I don't need, mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't need a savior. I don't need, well, then it's like, what even are you doing? I mean, I, mm-hmm. it's, I, I don't know. It, it's been, well, yeah, I mean, I, you could, you could, we could talk for hours on that. I, I've, yeah, I've thought of things, you know, in the, in the same way. But, I mean, to Chad's point that not everybody needs to get to that point. I would say that everybody has to get to that point. It's just, the, yeah, it's the level. It, it doesn't always have to be like, you know, you're living in these demon infested barracks it doesn't have to be that for everybody the intensity of of what has to happen for them to recognize can be different yeah but but someone could just say man look at how terrible look at the the history of humanity and how they can never get it right all through documented history if whether it's in the bible or not rise fall rise fall rise fall because humans cannot get it right some people that's enough and they can say (laughs) that they we don't have it figured out. We need we need more help. That right? is hitting the point. Yeah. Like, so, no matter how bad your situation is, the common thread is you've recognized that you you can't do it. You have to, mm-hmm. yeah, you have to recognize your need for, a for Jesus. And it, sometimes it's through a personal example, or maybe sometimes you can use, I think Jesus can save people and, and show him 
his power and their need for him through other people's example. I think a lot of people can get that out of your story. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, I like that, man. But I think you, everybody has to get to that point to really, or else why why would you, why would you put any effort into trying to know who Jesus is yeah. if you don't think you need him? Like, why am I going to? No, I get it. Why am I going to get up and work out in the morning if I don't think I need to be healthy? I get, or yeah. whatever. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. And, you know, I think the be- some of the, the most just on-fire Christians out there are the ones that came from complete brokenness yeah. and utter disaster. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I love it, man. I think that was a good show. We yeah. talked about a lot of stuff. Yep. I got to pee. All right. Well, we'll shut it down. Love you guys. Christmas is coming up. Hope everybody's doing well. Oh, go uh, go hit the head real quick, Chili. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna talk real quick about these exoskin leg sleeves because I have used these leg sleeves extensively. Chili, I want to get your take when you come back in on leg sleeves for ultra running. All right. All right. So these are exoskin compression leg sleeves. They go from right about the bottom of your knee all the way down your leg. So they're, they they give you nice compression on your lower leg, your calf, your Achilles tendon, and stuff like that. Um, I ran most of, most of my long races, I like to wear these leg sleeves the i'm sure chili can tell you more about this but the actual science behind the advantages of compression i think is kind of up in the air right for me personally i love wearing these things on long races they just it's like it hugs your leg and when your foot strikes the ground you know, you you get that kind of shock and, and your muscle kind of shakes, right? And these things just keep, they just feel comfy. Mm-hmm. They just keep everything nice and tight, right? They also keep briars and all that crap off your lower legs, which usually can get torn up pretty bad in a trail race. Um, so for me, I do like them. Now, if I'm going out on a, you know, four or five mile training run, I'm not going to put my leg sleeves on. But if I know I'm going for a long time, for me personally, they make a difference. I'm not saying that there's science behind that. For me, mentally, that compression feels good. Mentally, for some reason. And so that's why I wear these exoskin leg sleeves. These are the same quality as everything that you've come to expect from exoskin. Um... Let me just read this right here to you. Exoskin fabric reduces body heat by decreasing the skin to fabric friction while at the same time moving moisture fast, faster over the fiber matrix, causing the fabric and skin to stay drier and cooler. Yes, they really do that. Uh, they channel the moisture away from your skin. The ionic copper fiber matrix reduces odor-causing bacteria while helping to promote skin wellness and a healthier environment for the skin. Yes, that works too. I have a pair of exoskin socks that just this week I wore three days in a row. Socks. Same pair of socks. I wore them three days in a row without washing them. Now that's saying something. That ain't that ain't just office wearing. No, that's that's running, walking, hiking, hunting, all that. I've done all that within the last three days. So um, legit stuff, man. Find exoskin uh, online at exoskin.us. We'll, we will attach a show note. Uh, we'll attach the website along with a pro code for you guys in the show notes of this episode so you can check them out. Um, give these leg sleeves a try, man, and uh, see if you like them as much as I do. I've worn them for multiple, multiple races. Have you ever worn leg sleeves? Uh, I don't like them to run in, but I think it's very valuable to have a good pair of them that you can wear uh, trying to recover from a long run. Okay. That's where I see the value in them. Okay. And they kind of any almost any accessory, I would call it, uh, bugs me. Like even a watch. I yeah. mean, it bugs the crap out of me. 
So I don't like to run in them. Um, I think a lot of people do, and I think get a lot of value out of it. For me, it's it's kind of can be beneficial to wear post recovery uh, or post run for recovery. I think it, a long flight or a long car ride. Yeah, like you need to have them on. Yeah, now there is some science behind that, I know. Uh, I think that for sure. Like, it's good to have a good pair of them just for that. Yeah. Uh, so. All right, that's a good word, man. Hitting it from the recovery angle. Exoskin, thanks for supporting the podcast. We love you guys. Enough said. <laughs>